This is KMTT and the weekly Pashat HaShavua Shirith. This year, Tavshin Ayn, it will be given by Harav Chanoch Vaxman. This week, Pashat Shemot, I'd like to talk about the story found in Parak Gimel of Sefer Shemot. Um, the story we colloquially refer to as the story of the Sneh, the first encounter between God, between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Moshe Rabbeinu. Perek Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, begins as follows. Moshe was shepherding the sheep of his father-in-law Yitro, the Kohen Midian, the priest of Midian. Moshe drove the tzon out to the Midbar. So he came to a particular place, the mountain of God, the place known as Chorev. And then, of course, what happens? Pasuk Bet. And an angel of God appeared to him, uh, or God appeared to him through the emissary of the angel of a burning flame, from amidst the bush. The bush was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. And, of course, we know as the story goes on, Moshe moves closer to investigate. Eventually, God calls him. He hears the voice of God. God informs him of the fact that he is the God of the forefathers, that God has noticed and seen the pain of his people in Egypt. And eventually, as we continue on, God reveals his plan to Moshe in Pergimel Pasuktet. And Pergimel Pasuktet says as follows, Behold, the, the pain, the cries of the children of Israel have come up to me. And I've also seen, not just heard, but also seen the lachats, the pressure that Egypt oppresses them with. And Pasuk Yud, the final conclusion of God's speech. And now, I will send you, uh, go, I will send you to Paro. And you, Moshe, will take the people out of Egypt. On a certain level, um, this story is not just the story of the theophany, the revelation at the Sneh. It is not just the story of the first encounter between God and Moshe, but it is also the story of the recruitment of Moshe. Um, God attempts to recruit Moshe for this mission. He commands him his mission for the first time to go to Paro and to take B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim. Now, before moving along, it is crucial to ask a, a very an important question. I think we are not really the first to ask this question. Um, why Moshe? Why is it that God chooses Moshe for this mission? Um, what special aspect of Moshe's character, of Moshe's history, of Moshe's personhood makes him the right man for the mission? Uh, now, as I mentioned a moment ago, um, I don't think we are the, the first to ask this question. In point of fact, I think as we go on in the Pesukim, we should realize that Moshe himself is actually the first to ask this question. Paragimel, Pasuk Yud Aleph, reads as follows. Moshe And after God's lengthy speech, Moshe responded to God, Mi anuchi, Who am I? Kelech el paro. Um, that I should go to paro. Um, and that I should take the B'nai Israel out of Egypt. So on a certain plane, it is not just our question, um, perhaps not just the question of earlier commentaries or other interpreters of the Chumash, 
But this is Moshe's question. Who am I? What am I? What is special about me? Why, God, are you choosing me? Why is Moshe chosen? Chosen, And this is what I would like to try to deal with on some level in this Shi'or. Now, quite obviously, there are numerous uh, solutions, uh, numerous famous solutions to this question. Um, most of the Mepharshim, and many modern interpreters of the Chumash as well, look to the past, uh, look to Moshe's previous history, perhaps his time in the house of Parao, perhaps the events uh, of Parak Bet, which demonstrated that Moshe had a, a predilection uh, towards saving others. Uh, he attempts to save his brothers from the hands of the Mitzri Egyptian taskmaster back in Parak Bet. He saves the Benot uh, Yitro, the daughters of Yitro, from the oppression of the shepherds. And perhaps Moshe already in his character as the personality or the personhood of the Savior, he is the human redeemer. Perhaps a certain kind of parallelism um, between God and Moshe is the answer to this question as to why uh, Moshe is chosen. Now, while certainly this is an interesting uh, direction to pursue, what I would like to do in this year today is to uh, pursue something a, a little bit different, uh, to kind of perhaps pursue an answer that might be internal to Paragimel, to the story of the snap. And perhaps on the assumption that I already outlined that Moshe is the first to ask this question as to why Moshe, to take a look at God's response to Moshe's question of why Moshe. Because if Moshe asks the question of why, it might be God who provides the answer as to why, and this is what I would like to focus on. Um, now, through the lens of God's response to Moshe, I think we might be able to pick out a few different themes uh, as to why Moshe has chosen and what the answer to our problem is. And I'd like to begin by taking a look at the uh, Psukim here, um, the Pasuk that reports God's response. So, returning to the Psukim, back in Paragimel Pasuk Yud Bet, immediately after Moshe had asked in Pasuk Yud Aleph, Mi Anochi Kielecha Parov Chiotziat Bnei Salmi Mitzrayim, Who am I that I should go to Paro and that I should take Bnei Sol out of Egypt? Pasuk Yud Bet says as follows Vayomer, and God said, Ki Imach, I will be with you. So God's response is simple. Uh, why are you, Moshe? Who are you? Why are you capable? What is special about you? I will be with you. Now, what this means is a little bit tricky, even before God continues on. And one theme we might be able to pick out here is with the help of Rashi. It requires us to realize there's a parallel or kind of foreshadowing between the phrase found in and something that God himself will say a little bit later on. Um, in point of fact, God's response in Pasuk Yudbet is insufficient in Moshe's eyes. It's not a, it's not sufficient to overcome Moshe's hesitation. And of course, as you all remember, the entire structure of Perak, Gimel, and Dalit in Sefer Shemot is about Moshe's hesitation. He begins with, who am I? And he moves there to other, he moves on from there to other issues. And eventually, of course, he comes to the problem of, uh, I am not a speaker, etc., as you well remember. And uh, Moshe does not get past his hesitations immediately. In fact, Moshe's second hesitation is mentioned here in Pasuk Yud Gimel. Pasuk Yud Gimel says as follows, And Moshe responded yet again to God, I will say to them, the God of your forefathers uh, sent me to them, to you, and they will say to me, what is his name? What should I say to them? If beforehand Moshe's problem was, who am I? 
Here, Moshe's question is a little bit different. Speaking, so to speak, for B'nai Israel and asking the questions of Mashmo, what is his name? Moshe asks God, not so much, who am I? But Moshe asks God, who are you? Uh, Moshe desires to know something of the essence of God, his name, something real about him in some real way. Who are you? is the question that Moshe asks. God's response in Pasuk Yudalad uh, is as follows. Vayomer Elohim el Moshe, asher Literally translated as, I will be what I will be. Eheyeh asher There is something mysterious about the nature of God or about the name of God. God is what he is. I am who I am. God responds to Moshe. Moshe, this is not necessarily an appropriate question to ask. There's something mysterious and unknown here. And on some level, that is God's response. Um, most probably to question, Moshe's question of, who are you? Now, Rashi here connects up the double usage of Eyeh, Asher Eyeh, found in Pasuk Yudalad, to God's first response, response found in Pasuk Yudbet, Ki Eyeh, Imach, said to Moshe's question of, who am I? And Rashi's comment, without reading the full comment, is something along the following lines. In Pasuk Yudalad, Rashi says, Eyeh, Asher Eyeh, Eyeh, Imam, Bitsara. Rashi inserts the word Imam, I will be with you. Um, of course, there's something mysterious about the nature of God, but what's crucial for Moshe to know or to tell the people about his name is, imam, I will be with them, I will be with you, etc. Now, in saying, adding the word imam uh, as a parshanut, as an explanation to the ayah, asher ayah, found in Pasuk Yudalid, Rashi is sending us back to Pasuk Yudbet, ayah imach, um, imach imam. What Rashi is pointing out is the kind of parallelism here between Pasuk Yudbet and Pasuk Yudalet. There's a kind of consistency in God's answer. Consistency in God's answer is that of rebuke to Moshe. All these questions are fine and good as they are, but they're not necessarily relevant because the answer to all of them is, I am who I am, I will be with you no matter what, I will do things. God's response to Moshe's second question of, uh, what is your name, who are you, is, I am with you and I am accomplishing this act and nothing else is relevant. And so too, the point is, is that maybe this on some level is God's response to Moshe's first question of, uh, who am I? Mi anochi keilech el paro. God's response is, keye imach. All you need to know is that I will be with you, that I am here, that I am accomplishing this action of redemption. On some plane, perhaps, the answer of God to our question of what is special about Moshe, what is unique about Moshe in that he has chosen, the answer is, is that it's not really a relevant question. Maybe there isn't anything particularly special about Moshe at this point. This is God's action, God's redemption. And whether Moshe is special or not special, why Moshe is chosen is not really a relevant issue. And this may be, might be the idea implicit in the Yeh Imach, at least if we connect it up with the second usage of Yeh Asher Yeh found in Pasuk the notion of mystery, inappropriateness of question. Now, we can kind of support this um, from a certain part of the text of God's lengthy speech to Moshe earlier on. If you look at some of the verbs here, I think something very interesting emerges. Picking it up in Pasuk Zayin, um, when God begins this formal speech to Moshe, we have an interesting conjugation of language here. Pasuk Zayin says as well, 
Ami Asher B'Mitzrayim. So God says, Ra'oraiti, Ra'iti, I have seen. Etani Ami, my people. Asher B'Mitzrayim, Vetzakatam Shamati, I have heard. Mepmein Noksav, because they're oppressed. Kiyadati, I know at Machovav. You have the E ending four times in this Pesukim. Ra'iti, Ami, my people. Shamati, I've heard. Yadati, I know. And God goes on in Pasukhet again to emphasize the first person. I will descend to save them and to bring them up. And again in Pasukhet, comes to me, uh, the E ending appears seven times throughout these Pasukim. God refers to Ami, his people, twice. He says, Eli, I. There's a focus on the first person involvement, the action of God himself. And again, the theme here is that it is God himself who is about to perform the redemption. And the agent of the redemption, on some level, could be anyone. Because the true answer is it is God who is doing it in and of himself. I will be with you. It is God who is doing it. We don't really need to investigate what is special about Moshe and why he's chosen, because this is the action of God. And this is one approach to our problem. Well, I think... There is something correct about this approach, and, and therefore I presented it in the shiur today. Uh, and I think it's certainly a central theme in the, the story of the Exodus and the earlier part of Sefer Shemot, the action of God, the power of God, the centrality of God. At the same time, I think it might uh, not be 100% correct, vis-à-vis the question we have raised, at least within the context of Paragimel here in Sefer Shemot. And, and to understand this, I'd like to go back to uh, the beginning of the parak. So can we read earlier? Because on some level, without a shadow of a doubt, the parak presents the story of the Sneh as very much a story about Moshe. And the story of Perak Gimel, Perak Dalud, which we are beginning here, is very much a story about the recruitment of Moshe, per se. It's in some deep sense a story about Moshe. And let us just very briefly look at some of the evidence. Perak Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, says the Moshe Hayaroe, it's Moshe, Hayro Etzon Yitro Chotno Kohen Midian. And a bit later on in Pasuk Dalit, after Moshe decides to go and investigate this Mar'ed, the Torah says, Vayar Hashem Kisar, the road, God saw that uh, he had turned aside to see, Vayikrai Level, Kimitoch Asna, God summoned him from the Sneh, Vayomer Moshe, Moshe, he called Moshe, Vayomer Hineni. God, it's the story of Moshe. It begins with Moshe. God summons Moshe, calls him Moshe, Moshe. And, and the whole story is about the recruitment of Moshe, getting past Moshe's hesitations. It is the story not just about the divine redeemer, but also the human redeemer, Moshe. And if so, I think we really do need to try to unpack uh, something about Moshe per se that makes him special why God summons him and why God recruits him as the Redeemer. So while our first theme, I think, is certainly correct, in terms of answering our question, I think we might need a bit more. Um, in order to get to this, and what I would like to present, I think it's important to raise another question, to return for the moment uh, to God's response to Moshe's question of Mianochi, who am I, found in um, Pasuk Yibet, and to raise another tricky issue which emerges from that Pasuk. Going back to Pasuk Yibet, says as follows. Vayomer, in response to Moshe's statement of Mi Anochi Paro, who am I that I should go to Paro, that I should take the Bnei Israel out of Egypt, God says in Pasuk Yibet, Vayomer imach, because I will be with you, and this is the sign or the guarantee, Ki Anochi that I have sent you, 
When you take the people out of Egypt, uh, you should serve God on this mountain. Very strange. Again, first God says, uh, I will be with you. And then God says, Here is the sign of the guarantee that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. Now, the obvious question is, in what sense is the fact that in the future, the, after Yitziat Mitzrayim, the people will serve God on this mountain, how is that a sign or a guarantee that Moshe is sent? How is this in any way a response to Moshe's question of me, God's response seems to be dual. I will be with you. And here's the sign of the guarantee. When um, you leave Egypt, bring the people to serve God on this mountain. Well, how does that answer Moshe's problem of who am I? How am I going to take them out of Egypt? What makes me special? What, what's, what's in any sense uh, the future uh, a kind of sign or a guarantee of, of the now? Now, this is a famous and well-known problem, how to interpret these two psukim. And uh, there are quite a few deot uh, in the Mepharshim. And most of them kind of grapple um, with the problem here. And, and the general malach is to try, to some extent, to say that there are two questions and, and two answers. As just a, an example of this kind of approach, you might take Ramban's approach. Uh, Ramban says that there are two questions here. Mi anochi kelecha paro. Who am I that I should go to Paro, that I'm suited to go to Paro? And that I can possibly take B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim. Ramban says that this second question, is not just referring to physically taking the Egypt, the B'nai Israel out of Egypt in the here and now, but also refers to the entire historical span of Moshe's relationship with the people, the future as well, uh, the persuasion, the persuading of them to go to the land of Canaan uh, and to bring them into the land. The latter part of the question refers to the future. Uh, and therefore, commenting uh, upon this, Ramban uh, says as follows, Baal anu Hashem. Um, and on both of his questions, God answered him, Amrulo al tirami paro. He said to him, don't be afraid of paro. ani I will be with you to save you. And this is the sign or the guarantee to the people. That I am sending you or I sent you to them. When you take the people out of Egypt, you will worship God upon this mountain. From that point on, they will accept upon them the service of God to go after His commands. And as of that point on in the future, they will also believe in you forever. And then after you, they will run to every place that you command them. So the way Ramban tries to get out of the problem is to say that the oath, the guarantee um, found in the fact that the people will worship uh, God on this mountain in the future is not a guarantee or a sign vis-a-vis the past, vis-a-vis taking them out of Egypt, but it's rather a, a sign or a guarantee vis-a-vis the process or the future of the process. 
Moshe, eventually you will be able to bring the people to Har Sinai, and once you bring the people to Har Sinai, they will believe in you forever, and then you'll be able to take them to the land, and this is the sign or the guarantee here. Now, while in fact this might be the Pshat, I think it is not the simple reading of the Pasuk on some plane. Um, the Ot here seems to refer to the past, to the original taking of Bnei Israel out of Egypt, and Ramban's very need, or the Mepharshim's very need, to rework the Ot as a sign for the future demonstrates the difficulty of reading a Kipshuto as a sign for the past, and this too is something I would like to try to work on here, and maybe we can plug this in with figuring out what is special about Moshe. To figure all this out and put it together, I think we need to realize there's something very special about the idea of Har HaElokim found in our parsha in Perak Gimel here. If we again return to the end of, of God's words about the sign of the guarantee, God says, what is it? Bahotziacha et ta'avdun et Elokim al When you take the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. There's a reference to mountain, there's a reference to Elokim, the mountain of God, in fact, on some plane. And of course, this takes us back to the beginning of our parasha, to the beginning of Paragimel. Umoshe haya Paragimel pasuk Aleph again. Umoshe haya etzon Yitro chotno kohen midyan. Moshe was shepherding the sheep of Yitro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midyan, vein haget etzon achar midbar. And he drove the sheep out to the midbar. Ve'avohar alokim, he came to the mountain of God. Choreva, to Chorev. And the angel of God appeared to him through or through the means of a fire in the bush. Um, now, what's interesting, of course, is that this is referred to as Har Elohim Choreva. Um, the Rashi and the Mefreshim tell us that this, of course, is eventually the place where Mamad Har Sinai is going to take place. Har Elohim, the mountain of God. Chorev, of course, an alternative name for Sinai, according to Sefer Torim. And Rashi and the Mefreshim say that Nikra al-Shem Ha'atid. It is called here Har Elokim, or Chorev, because of what's going to happen in the future. At this point, it is just a kind of plain old mountain. It's maybe any mountain, perhaps. But here it's referred to in the Chumash as Har Elokim Chorev because of how it's going to be known in the future, because what place it's going to be after events that occur in the future. Now, while this might be correct, um, I think that the emphasis on Hara Elohim found here in Paragimel, the mention um, by God of Tavdunat Elohim al Hara, the kind of pointing to the fact that eventually Am Yisrael is going to come from its rhyme to this place yet again, all of this points to a very deep connection between our Parag, between Parag Gimel, the story of the snap, and of course what I have in mind is um, Perak Yutet, the story of B'nai Yisrael's arrival at Har Sinai. And I would like to do this in a linguistic way and to demonstrate there's a very interesting linguistic connection, a kind of parallel here. Again, to review the language at the beginning of Perak Gimel. We have one Midbar. Halakim is two. And then in Pasuk Bet, um, the angel appeared to him from amidst the Sneh, and in the word Sneh three times, so we have one Midbar, two Har Elokim, 
three sneh. Now, if we take a look um, at uh, the beginning, uh, and of course we have Moshe's arrival, Vayavo, which we can think of as four. Now, of course, if we take a look in Parakutet of uh, Sefer Shmot, we have the following. Parakutet, Pasukal, says, We have the idea of arrival. Midbar Sinai. We have the idea of Midbar Sinai. As Ibn Ezra points out, Se and Sinai have a certain rhyme to them, a certain uh, synonym-like quality. It's a pun, but it's more than a pun. So we have the thematic connection of arriving at a certain place. We have, of course, Midbar. We have Sinai, Sna. And, of course, what are we told in Pasuk, Bet, and Gimel? Across from the mountain, Moshe came to that exact same Har, and he went up to the Elohim. So this is Har Elohim. There are, in fact, four parallels between the first few psukim of Perak and the first few psukim of Perak uh, Yutet. We have, of course, one, the thematic idea of the arrival at a place reflected in the word Vayavo and Ba'u. We have, secondly, the fact that this is the Midbar. We have, third, the fact that it is Har Elohim in both places. And we have, fourth, the kind of Sinai-Sneh connection. Now, this, of course, is not just a linguistic connection between the uh, two prakim. Um, it's, of course, the, the same place. And it's also the event predicted by God. What we might say is that the original events that occurred to Moshe at the Sneh in Perakimel here blossom on some plane into the events of Sinai found in Parakutet. Now, so far we have pointed to four connections between the story of the Sinai and the story of Sinai. The arrival, the Midbar, the Haralokim, the Sesinai. But in fact, there are other connections between Paragimel, um, the story of the Sinai, and Parakutet, the story of Sinai. And I would like to build them uh, a little bit more. Um, going back to Perak Gimel for the minute, we can begin to outline a, a fifth connection. Perak Gimel Pasik Bet says as follows, Hashem elav esh The vision that Moshe sees of the presence of God in the story of the Sne in Perak Gimel is through fire. It's Labat Esh. Well, of course, the vision seen at Sinai, if we take a at Sinai, if we take a look in Perakutet, Pasikut Chet, the Torah tells us, Vahar Sinai Ashan, and the mountain of Sinai was fully smoking, Kulo all of it, Pipne Ashayarad Allah Hashem Ba'esh, because God had descended upon it in fire. So there's a vision of God's presence, God's Shina, God's Kavod, at Sinai in fire, the same as there had been a vision of God's presence, God's Shina, God's Kavod, at the Sneh in fire, and this is a fifth connection. Continuing on, uh, in Parakutet for the moment, one of the central ideas of Parakutet chapter 19, the story of, of Sinai, is the notion of separation uh, or distance. Uh, in in Parakutet, Pasuk Yudbet, God commands Moshe the following. You should limit the people around the mountain, saying, um, be careful not to go up onto the mountain or to touch it because this would lead to disaster. And a bit later on in the Psukim in Parakutet, Moshe has now gone up the mountain and at the last minute God sends him back down 
And in Parag Yutet, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, it says as follows, Vayomer Hashem HaMoshe, Reit Ha'ed Ba'am. Go down, warn the people, Penyer Su, lest they... That's the disaster. They become destroyed or destruction ensues. El Hashem. They surge forth to try to meet God. They're out to see. Um, so urge the people or warn the people yet again to stay far away if they surge forth to try to see God and many of them will fall and die. Um, and also the people, the, the holy priests who normally come close, they too should separate themselves or be distant or be sanctified. In Parak Yutet, we have a central idea of the holiness of the place. God's presence is upon the mountain. And because the place is holy, distance must be maintained. Kedusha exists. And in the context of Kedusha and holiness, limitation, distance, and sanctification, in the sense of distance, are necessary. Of course... This is already a theme found way, way back in Paragimel. Um, if we go back to Paragimel Pasuk Hey, there uh, the Torah tells us, Vayomer, and God said, Al tikrav halom. Don't come too close, Moshe. Shal na'alecha me'alraglecha. Take off your shoes from your feet. This is holy ground. So again, we have the notion of the holiness of the place because of God's presence, the need for distance, the need for limitation, etc. And this is yet a sixth parallel between the two stories. And of course, there's one more. In both stories, God calls to Moshe. In Paragimel Pasek Dalet at the Sneh, And God called him, which is the summoning of Moshe that happens in the story of the Sneh. And of course, in Perak Yutet, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, when God descends upon the mountain, we're told, God summons Moshe. So in fact, we have a full, at least seven parallels between the story of the Sneh and the story of uh, Sinai. To review, one, uh, the notion of arriving at a particular place, Ve'avo, uh, Ba'u. Two, the notion of Midbar. Three, the idea of Haralokim. Four, the fact that this is the Sneh-Sinai connection. Five, the vision of God in Asia in both stories. Six, the notion of limitation and distance in both stories. Seven, the idea of the summoning of Moshe Vayikra, Hashem Moshe, in both stories. What is the meaning of this parallel, of this connection between Perakim and Perakutet, Sneh and Sinai, and how does this help us resolve any of the issues that we've raised earlier? I think the point is, on some level, that the parallel itself is exactly the meaning. What happens in Perek Yotet, the story of Sinai, is the story of the Sneh writ large. It is kind of the expansion of what has already happened to Moshe Rabbeinu back at the Sneh. It is exactly the same, and that's the point, but on a larger scale, a larger scope. What happened for Moshe back at the Sneh, eventually the revelation of God at Sinai, will eventually happen for all of Am Yisrael. While Paragimel, the story of the Sneh, is the microcosm, Paragitet, the story of Sinai, is the macrocosm. Um, while Paragimel, the story of the Sneh, is the individual experience of Moshe, Paragitet, the story of Sinai, is the story of all of Am Yisrael. Um, while Paragimel is kind of the archetype or the typology, what happens to the single individual, Moshe, who is kind of the Av in some sense of all Am Yisrael, Paragutet is um, what eventually happens to the Ben, to the Banim, to the nation, the entire group that 
Moshe leads. Now, if all this is correct, and I think it is, I think we can finally understand exactly what it is that God says to Moshe in response to Moshe's question of, Who am I? What is special about me, or why am I going to perform this mission? And let's again return to Pasuk Yudbet, to God's response, to Gimel Pasuk Yudbet. And God said, And this is the sign or the guarantee that I have sent you. Um, when you bring the people out of Egypt, serve God on this mountain. Bring them to Parakitet. Bring them to Har Sinai. And what will, to this place, what will happen then will happen then. But the point is, effectively, what God is saying to Moshe is that the real purpose of the Gula from a time, from the redemption from Egypt, is to bring the people to Har Sinai, to bring them to that moment of revelation at Har Sinai where they see and hear God. And you, Moshe, have already experienced or had that on the microcosmic level. Your experience here today at the Sinai is exactly what I intend for all of the people in the future. What God says to Moshe is the sign or the guarantee of the fact that you are the right person is that you in yourself are already living that experience which is the true purpose of the Gula and therefore you are the right person to bring about the Gula. Now, perhaps Moshe does not fully understand this answer of God. Uh, Moshe does not really understand that God is telling him that it is this kind of micro-experience or this kernel of experience that he has of the revelation of this net will unfold to be the ultimate purpose of the redemption. Therefore, he who is able to experience this moment of this net, who is able to stand in this moment of revelation vis-a-vis God, he who searched out this net, who is able to respond to God and to stand and talk with him, therefore he becomes the ultimate person to bring about the redemption. Maybe Moshe himself doesn't really fully understand or internalize this at that point, at this point. But we, as readers of the Chumash, able to construct the parallel between Paragimel and Paragutet, to see the Ses Sinai parallel, and to realize that God says, this is the purpose of the Geula, we can perhaps understand why Moshe is chosen, because he is able to come to Revelation, to stand at the Sneh, to find God, to converse with God, and this, of course, makes him Ra'ui suited to be the ultimate redeemer, to be the redeemer, because the purpose of the redemption is to bring the people on some level to the Mamad of Moshe, to bring them to Sinai, just as Moshe had stood and been brought to the Sneh.